Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the very first episode of the new exclusively on the Blev Podcast Network podcast. It is called the Dog Check Podcast. I am very excited and very fortunate to be able to co-host this podcast with the one and only Eric Metcalf. Eric, man, it is very good to, you know, finally talk to you and to, you know, get this thing going. Um, how's everything going with you, Eric? It's, it's going great. You know, I'd feel a lot better if we were able to finish that game yesterday. Uh, started out well, doing a lot of great things. But, you know, when you play a great team like the Kansas City Chiefs, you got to be able to finish. And we didn't do that yesterday. So, I mean, when you look at the game, and guys, the very first episode is just going to be all, you know, recap of the first game, because I, I, I talked to Eric, you know, very briefly throughout the game yesterday. So what you guys are getting is, you know, our raw reactions, you know, we haven't talked, we haven't gone back and forth yet, but Eric, let's start with, you know, something that I actually saw this morning, and it came from Josh Cribbs on his Instagram. I know um, you said, I think you, you're pretty good friends with Josh, correct, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, we do, we do a, a pre-game and post-game shows together, so on TV back in, in Cleveland. So yeah, we talk a lot. That's awesome. Yeah, actually, it's funny. I have, I, when I was growing up, short story for you guys, some of you guys know, I know I've wrote about it on Dog Pound Daily and, you know, on my Twitter, but Eric, this would be funny for you too. I actually, you know, the number one Browns jersey I wore growing up, uh, I'm 20 now, but the number one jersey I wore growing up was Josh Cribbs. And I actually have it hanging up right behind me. And I got it autographed by him. Actually, my dad took it in and had it autographed uh, probably three weeks ago when he was at First Energy doing it. But the numbers on this thing, Eric, man, I'll have to send you a picture. They are so worn. I wore this thing probably to school like four times a week. <laughs> you, had to, you had to play just like he did. When he <laughs> exactly. exactly. You had to get its mileage in. So, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I, and I played baseball growing up and all throughout high school. I only played football, but I literally, I used to play backyard football with my buddies. And, you know, my mom used to throw me the ball. And every time, you know, we had like, we, would, we wouldn't do kickoffs. We would do, you know, you throw it up and then it's a kick. And I would always try to be like Josh Cribbs wearing that. Wearing that damn jersey, running around the field, you know, has grass stains on it, has the whole nine yards. But, my question, my question, to you now be: Did you score some touchdowns on the kickoff return? <laughs> I scored a few. Nothing compared to what Josh Cribbs did. <laughs> nothing compared to what he did. But the, my, what I got from Josh Cribbs this morning, Eric, I don't know if you saw it. The video he posted on Instagram. It was asking his followers in Cleveland Browns Nation what type of fan you are, and he gave two examples. Number one, are you the Browns fan that will, you know, look for moral victories and look at the game yesterday and say, okay, you know, we lost to him last year in the divisional round. We, we, we were arguably right there, you know, despite the bad call on Higgins. Wow, you know, Patrick Holmes did go out with the injury. We were right there. And then you look at the game this year and you think even, you know, we weren't favorites in this game. You know, we were supposed to win. Or we, excuse me, we were supposed to lose. And we did happen to lose, but it was a game that we could have won. So are you a fan that, you know, gets moral victories or he was asking, or if you are a fan who, you know, is like, it doesn't matter if you want to be great, you have to win those games. Um, so Eric, after this game, have you come across, you think more fans that represent the first, you know, part or the second part? I think, you know, it's half and half and it differs. And, and, and to me, it can be one in the same because, you know, there, there are the people who, like you said, think, it's a moral victory because we played the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs tough. But that same person can also think we played them tough, but we still lost. We could have won that game. And so for me, I'm one of those guys. So I'm on the we should have won that game side. 
you know, there's, there's really no moral victories because that's, that doesn't get you anywhere. If you have if you have 17 moral victories throughout this season, you don't go to the playoffs and you have no chance to win the, the Super Bowl. So I think it's about understanding that that was a game that we had the ability to win and we didn't finish. And in, in, in understanding that as a fan, as a player, as a coach, you, you know that they can get better. And so if they're playing the toughest team in the AFC to that level and with a flawed game in, in the fourth quarter and giving themselves a chance, we know they can get better. So forget the moral victory. Let's, let's concentrate on getting better each and every day. And when they do that by week 17 and into the tournament, when they finally get there, that they'll be a force to be reckoned with. And this brings up a great, great question. Excuse me. You know, Eric, you know, as as a Browns player, you know, you played through for multiple teams your NFL career. Take this game as an example and, you know, say say you were on this current Browns team or just use, you know, your past games as an example. Like if you were in a game where, you know, the team was on, you know, the, the upbringing, the uprising, it was a game where you guys knew as players going into the game and in that locker room that, hey, we're not supposed to win this game. But if we want to be able to compete with big dogs, like you mentioned, you know you have to win and there's no more victories. Is that ever a factor, you know, do you think in locker rooms, like after the game, do you think, you know, do you think that gets talked about at all? Or do you think that has any effect on the players? You know, I don't think people really talk about it because in, in this situation yesterday, they know they were there and they could have won that game. I think, you know, as individuals, it might be in, in the back of your mind after the game, damn, that's twice that we could have beat them and we didn't beat them. Can we ever beat them? And so, so there's there's always going to be that doubt. But you but you know, once you get between those white lines, that you had that opportunity. Like you said, you, like I said before, you just got to finish. And 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 we still we're still not at full capacity. We still don't have OBJ. Uh, we don't know what Jedi Wills is going to be doing. Um, so it's it's a long season, I think. And they'll get better each and every week. You know, obviously they got the the Texans coming up, and it's. It's going to be a tough game just because it's the NFL, right? And so I, I think the, the goal, once again, should be to improve every day, every week, and, and then just and give yourselves a chance at the end. And real quick, you mentioned the schedule. I, I, I have the schedule pulled up right here. It's actually hanging up in front of me. I wanted to give you a quick input on the schedule because – Again, I, I don't know if you, you know, I don't know if you're on any TV show or any, you know, on air where you gave a prediction. And I'm not necessarily asking for one here, but you mentioned the Texans game, to, you know, to where it's going to be a tough game. And I agree. A almost any game in the NFL I would consider tough. I don't feel like, you know, obviously, you know, the lopsided games happen. For example, the Packers and Saints game, which a lot of people didn't expect that result to come. But looking at the schedule, Eric, I mean. I feel like our opponents this season in the games where we should win, for example, the Texans game, you expect to win the Bears. Uh, we got the Broncos, who are a sneaky good team as well. Um, the Chargers games. I just feel like every single opponent that we have this year is the teams that we were supposed to beat has a few good playmakers to where it could make the game interesting. And they could, those playmakers, you know, could do enough to still win against us. So, what are your thoughts on that? And what do you think of the schedule overall? I feel like a lot of people, I've talked to many different people and every, every single one of them had it. It seemed like a different take on it. And I'm probably going to have a different take than you do as well, because I looked through this schedule time and time again, and I've gone on record and said 13 and four. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I've looked at it time and time again, and I'm not saying uh, that those other teams 
aren't good for football teams and don't have a lot of sneaky people and, and, and can do a lot of things because they're all professionals. But I feel like our roster, man for man, on both sides of the ball is better than those guys, and we can go out there and win some games. I mean, and once again, those, these teams, like you just mentioned, are going to play us tough. And, and we're just going to have to impose our will because we're the better team. And I think I think we have the ability and we learn from from last year uh, that we can't just show up like the Jets game. You can't just show up regardless of COVID and all that. You can't just show up when you've got to beat a team. You got to beat them. And I, and I think these guys know that. And I know I think they have know they have the capability of, of getting to the big dance. And so this is an opportunity where these teams will come in. And they're going to give you the best shot because everybody's talked about the, the Browns as one of the favorites to, to be in, in the Super Bowl. And so they're going to get their best shot. It's, it's the Browns' uh, job to knock them in their mouths when they step on that field so they can take them out of it. Because if, they, if they're in the game, in the end, they're going to have confidence and they're going to feel they can win. And that's when it becomes a pressure situation for the Browns because they're expected to win. If you, just, right. if you go out for there sure. and beat them down, then it's okay. It, it's a great take, and I, I completely agree. I think also, you know, a lot of these teams to where, again, you you mentioned 13 and 4. I had them at 11 and 6 uh, was my final prediction. That sounds um, ugly. <laughs> what'd you say? What'd 11 you say? and 6 sounds ugly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I I, I had this I had the ceiling at 12 and the floor at 10, so I went in the middle. Um <laughs> I, 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 like I said, what you said is, is absolutely spot on. And I think, you know, a lot of these teams, like you mentioned, if, if the game is close and, you know, late in the game, the Browns are expected to win. So they're going to come out one to punch people in the mouths. And I also, you know, can take a spin on that and, and say that I believe, you know, again, a lot of these teams that we play that know they're not supposed to win are playing inspired just for that simple fact alone that they want to knock off one of the top dogs, like you mentioned, who are supposed to make a lot of noise this season. So there's always, it feels like for me as a young fan and a young, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm in the world of Browns and, you know, as, as much as I've been able to soak in in my young life, I feel like it's a weird situation because it's the first time to where we're supposed to be good. And I get nerve, I get a nervous feeling because I feel like, again, like I just said, teams know they're not supposed to beat us. And so they can play more loose. I don't know, you know, when you were in your playing days, if that was a thing, I just feel like teams that come into Cleveland knowing they're not supposed to win can be more loose. And sometimes when you play more loose, bad things can happen. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's the objective. You know, when these, when these teams come in and, and the Browns are favored, they, they watch TV too. They look at the, the, the news, they look at the internet and they see the Browns are favored by say 10 points. They, they, they're not a team will think they're not giving us a chance. So what do we have to lose? We can go out there and throw everything in the kitchen sink at them, you know? And so that's, and that's how that's, that's the kind of inspired football that they're going to get thrown at them week in and week out. And then not to mention when you get into the division games and, and, and those teams that are actually good that we, we have to play, but it's going to be inspired football against the Browns each and every week uh, because of the projection because of what people think they can be. And, you know, that's, and that makes it tough on a team because they're, because they're getting everyone's best shot for Absolutely. now 16 weeks, you know, 16 more Absolutely. weeks. Absolutely. And again, what, what your point that you just brought up is, is spot on is exact point I'm trying to make. And, you know, back to the Kansas city game. So I have a couple of takeaways on my notes. I'm sure a lot of you guys saw, um, I wrote that post game piece on Baker Mayfield. I, 
I, I feel as if, Eric, that the reason Browns fans immediately go to faulting a guy like Baker Mayfield is because it's simple, it's quick, and it's easy. If you are a Browns fan and you watch that game start to finish, like I'm sure you did as well as I did, and you can sit here and tell me that, you know, you need more out of Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield was not good enough to win the game. I, I think you're crazy. Baker Mayfield played a great ball game. He made multiple pocket pressured spot on throws and fit fit them in tight windows and these were throws that I didn't see Patrick Mahomes make in this game obviously Patrick Mahomes is on a whole another level than Baker Mayfield but I just and even the interception at the very end of the game I I I strongly believe again if you followed me last year I was critical of Baker Mayfield two years ago every year he's been in the league I've been critical of him I don't feel like he was trying to force that ball to that receiver I feel like he was trying to get it out of bounds and he got tripped up so Eric I just don't know why people go to Baker Mayfield week in and week out. And one of the other things that bothers me is you, I don't know if you, I'm sure you don't really like Colin Cowherd or you, you I, I don't, I don't know what your take is on him. He's, he seems to have negative things to say about us year in, year out, week in, week out. Immediately this morning, his first headline was about Baker Mayfield. And I just knew as soon as it happened, I just knew it was going to happen. I just, it is very frustrating, you know, as a fan and as a as a guy who, you know, writes about this stuff and looks at this stuff all the time. So, Eric, why do you think fans tend to do that and fault the quarterback so much? Again, the interception shouldn't have happened regardless. You can't turn the ball over in the last drive of the game. I just think his intentions weren't to force the ball to the receiver. First and foremost, when we're talking about the, the quarterback position, um, if the team wins, they get all the credit. <laughs> if they could throw for a for a hundred yards, but if that team wins, they get all the credit. Now, right. so you can't fault them when they when they lose that they get the credit for that also. And so I, I understand that. Now, to answer your question, to me, Baker had a, a very good game. Yeah, I've watched the game from start to finish. He had a very good game. Uh, yardage wise, passing wise, he, he did a lot of good things. And people are always gonna say, especially when you're thinking, but we didn't get the win, the moral victories. We but we didn't get the win. And like you said, that interception, he was getting he was getting tripped at the same time he was throwing the ball. So we don't know if he's For trying sure. to feet throw it in there or throw it out of bounds, but he was getting tripped at the at the, at the same time. I'm I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about the pass to David and Joko the drive before. <laughs> that's the one. Yeah. That's right. the one you got me. Right. It wasn't about the intercession because at that point in the game, right. you're, you're trying to win. You're trying to win the game, so you try to do whatever you can. So, you know, it's it's, it's always going to be that way as far as the quarterback. And so you, and, and, pe and people can't get mad because, like I said, they can win Super Bowls and, and do absolutely nothing, but they get the credit for it. And so, you know, he, he's, he's played good football yesterday. That the, the, the key is for him to go out there and, and continue this. And I said it yesterday in our, in our pregame show. We know that we're a running football team. Everybody in the league knows that when they face the Cleveland Browns, it's about them running the ball. And then Baker uh, throwing play action off that. Now, yesterday is one of those times. You're going to have to beat some teams that you're not supposed to and you're supposed to beat everyone you're supposed to. And he's going to have to win games. 
where the run, I mean, and granted, the running game still works yesterday, but you're oh, he's gonna have to win games and it's gonna have to be the quarterback winning games. And so, when I look at it that way, I can see why people say, Well, he didn't win this game because that was his opportunity to go out there against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs and finish it. And, and, and like I said, it, um, it was unfortunate he got tripped as he was throwing that ball, so we don't know what would happen, but it was still an interception in the end. So it's, you know, you're spot on again. And I think it's interesting you mentioned, you know, if the, if, if a team wins, it's all on the quarterback and he gets all the praise, no matter if he has 50 yards. And if a team loses, they put it on the quarterback again. I, I've, I've never really thought of it in that way. And I feel like to a lot of you Browns fans out there, that, that's a great way to look at it. And then you try to rationalize, you know, okay, maybe Baker Mayfield did play a great game. Cause I mean, Eric, I'm not joking. Some people on Twitter were just, relentless on the guy like I I in the whole game just nitpicking you know little things and just going after him time in and time out but then again you mentioned you know another great point is you as the quarterback you're gonna have to go out and win and we've we've seen that a handful of times with Baker Mayfield you know that Bengals game last year when he threw it to DPJ that was awesome um you know he's done it a handful of times but I think you know in terms of, you know, in Baker Mayfield's whole career and going forward, if he wants, you know, a lot of people also say, if he wants all this money and he wants, you know, what Josh Allen got and, you know, what, what all these guys are going to get, what he's going to get, they he has to win these games. And I think, you know, like you mentioned, you're going to win some that you shouldn't and you're going to win games that you're supposed to. I mean, that's just how the NFL goes. So until Baker Mayfield goes out and completes those last game, those last second drives and wins the game against big opponents. He's still going to continue to have the narrative around him that he can't finish those games. And that's right. He was 100% correct. And so, I mean, like you mentioned, the coming back at the end and beating Cincinnati, that's fine and dandy, but that's Cincinnati. Exactly. You're playing against Joe Burrow, who's a very good player, but he was, he was a rookie at that time. You have to win those games, come back and win those games against Patrick Mahomes, uh, Aaron Rodgers later down in the year, you know, Ben, Lamar, those kind of type of games. Those are the people that you have to beat if you want to be considered one of the best quarterbacks. If you're beating, if you're beating the once again, no disrespect to these guys, but you're beating Trevor Lawrence and, and, and those guys and all these rookies who've never played. Okay, that's fine. And Danny, because we want to win every single game, but you have to beat the guys who are considered the best to be one of the best. It's really refreshing to hear, you know, this take from somebody like yourself. I, I think you're hundred percent right. And I, I'm, I feel like I am considered one that tries to find more victories, but at the same time, I, I was talking to my cousin actually after getting asked on the phone for probably an hour and a half, and we're just tired of, like you said, you know, not finishing games against big opponents because, I mean, it's like beating a dead horse, but if you want to compete with the top dogs and be considered elite, you have to beat the elite in the elite company in the league around you. And until they do that, you know, nothing's going to change. Moving to the defense, I – I really think even even, you know, on Twitter and through different articles I read, I saw some negativity towards the defense and to Joe Woods. And mm -hmm. I'm quickly here to shut that down because the Kansas City Chiefs had 10 points at the half and the Browns are a young team that at the same time has all these new faces on the defense. I mean, 75 percent of the defensive line is new. You Seven have starters. Seven, you said seven starters? Yeah, seven starters are new. Seven, exactly. Seven out of 11 starters are new. So you can't expect these guys to mesh 
and to be perfect in the first week. And Eric, I still think they were exceptional this week against Kansas City. Again, 10 points in the first half. And what some people are forgetting, they're looking at 33 points and bl- pointing the blame on Joe Woods. If Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb would fump, Nick Chubb fumbled, excuse me, at midfield, that puts him in great field position. Jamie Gillen muffed the punt backed up at our 20 or 30 yard line that puts them in great field position. And of course, a great team and a great coach team and a great quarterback like Mahomes are going to take advantage of those opportunities to go two for two in terms of scoring on touchdowns like they did. So I really think the defense stepped up. I have it right here. Greg Newsom in his NFL debut. Super impressive, by the way, 44 coverage snaps, one target and one catch allowed. And that, that was only for four yards. I think John Johnson looked really good on defense. He had that blunder where he let Tariq Hill score. Tariq Hill is just a freak of nature. I mean, he's got to make the play. But, again, what are you going to do? Denzel Ward had a really nice play in coverage on Tariq Hill down the sideline near the end zone. Um, I was rooting hard as ever for Mac Wilson, and he continued to just look very poor. I mean, I don't know if you noticed Mac Wilson whiffed on that <laughs> Touchdown run by Mahomes. Did you did you happen to catch that? Yeah, of course, I caught it. <laughs> it. It's it's tough because, um, you know, a lot of the guys who I talk, we've talked to Mac all the time, and I won't touch too much on it. But they, he just wants his seat so bad, and I, I, it's just really tough because he just keeps underperforming. I wanted to see more of JOK. Um, I thought Anthony Walker looked okay, and again, he's meshing his new system, his new defensive coordinator, um, and then our defensive line. Malik McDowell was a guy who I wrote a lot of articles about, and. Eric, we have thoughts in a second, but he well. <laughs> he was the after the game. I think I believe. Me, correct me if I'm wrong. The third highest graded defensive tackle on PFF throughout the whole NFL after Week One. He, he played well, and you know, and, and and let's go. Let's start with all the points you started. Like Joe Woods, I think, I think these guys to have seven starters, seven new starters on this team. I think these guys played well. You know, people look at it and say they got 33 points. They scored 23 points in the second half. Well, that's the Kansas City Chiefs. We're lucky they didn't score 50, right? And the field position. I mean, that's huge. And, and, and the field position. And 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 they did a good job. They did, like you said, the uh, John Johnson 75-yard touchdown to, to Tariq Hill or whatever it was. Um, he was just out of position. And that was a scramble play still, you know? That's still a scramble play, and, and Patrick Mahomes just threw it up, and they scored a touchdown. And so these guys played well after the Nick Chubb fumble. They only got a field goal. Exactly. They only got a field goal after the after Nick Chubb fumble. After the the, the, the the fumbled punt, they got a touchdown. And so these guys did what they were supposed to do. They weren't giving up big plays. They weren't giving up those long touchdown plays. They were making them drive the field, which I'm sure was the game plan. And in doing so, they were taking up seven, eight minutes out of the court. So that, so while they're completing all these passes and getting these first downs, they're eating up clock themselves. And so they're, and so they were limiting their own uh, possessions where, you know, you go into a game like this and you think, the, the Cleveland Browns offense has to run the ball and, and keep the ball from Patrick Mahomes and limit his possessions. Well, if you let them get three yards of carry or three yards of pass, the entire dra- uh, drive, they're, they're eating up six to seven minutes a, a, a quarter and you're limiting possessions. So I think they did what they wanted to do. It, they were just at the end put in a bad position where it was hard to stop them. And, and it's hard and it's hard to stop a juggernaut like that for, for 60 minutes. It's, that's why 
every phase on each team has to step up to the challenge for 60 minutes if you're going to win these kind of games. And a complete game is something that, you know, today I was looking at the official articles from, you know, the guy, Andrew Gribble, the guys who write for the Browns. And what you're telling me right now is, is exactly what they're saying is the headline, I believe, was something about 60 minutes where they didn't play a complete 60 minutes. And to your point, you're, you're exactly right. If the Browns are going to beat these teams, they have to play a full 60 minutes. And again, it is like you mentioned, Kansas City is one of, if not the top, the top team in the NFL, obviously you're going to give it to the Bucs who just won the Super Bowl, but they're, they're in the top two easily, top three. So you have to play a complete 60 minutes. And I just, obviously, you know, the Browns didn't do that. I feel like, again, the defense put us in position to win that game. Again, I appreciate you for correcting me as well. I forgot they did get a field goal after the Nick Jubb fumble and only a touchdown after Jamie Gillen. So, again, I believe the defense put us in a position to win. I just, again, the turnovers are killer. And what's crazy to me is I feel like, you know, the, for the people who are overreacting, and I think you can attest this as well, Nick Chubb doesn't fumble every week. Nick Chubb has, I believe, four fumbles in his NFL career, and I believe two of them were in the same game. So that is not going to happen every week and in every big game. Jamie Gillen muffing the first punt of the year, let alone any punt, doesn't happen regularly. It doesn't happen a lot. Do I still think he made a mistake and could have punted it at least 20 to 30 yards? Absolutely. But again, first game, we had a tough test, and it showed us where we are that we have to just be able to finish the game. Yeah, and, then, and that's what it's going to be. That's going to be the mantra, finish. It should be the mantra, finish. Because it, it doesn't matter who you're playing from week to week. You have to finish because if you don't, teams will come back. And and once again, we, we went in there to, to Kansas City, the Arrowhead Stadium, and it was very quiet in that stadium in the first half because – it, because it wasn't going their way. But once we weren't doing the things that we were supposed to do, that's when it got loud. And that makes it hard, especially in that environment, especially playing against that team that's been to the last two Super Bowls. You know, it's not like you, you're going in there and playing against some little little sister college team. You know, you're going, <laughs> <laughs> you're going out there and playing the team in the AFC as, as far as I'm concerned in the last two years, right? And so absolutely. That, that's why you absolutely have to finish and, and take advantage of every opportunity uh, we got. And, I, and so for me, like I said, the defense played well. What I thought, what I thought was the most important thing of this game was the ability for Kevin Stefanski to call plays, the game plan. I thought that game plan was masterful. Oh, man, I when he kept going for it on fourth down uh, early in the game, I was I was like I was blown away. You masterful is 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 the exact term to use. I I don't think he could have came out with a better game plan and better play calling to win that game. That's right. That he put them in position to win the game. And I mean, and of course, you're going you're going for it on, on fourth down. That says a lot about your coach. And, and 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 your team because he trusts the players the players trust him it's, it's all about confidence he's going to give us a chance to go take over this game and he did and then and they were constantly making these these fourth down plays they were scoring touchdowns when we needed to until the end and then i mean that and you know and and, and mistakes happen fumbles happen it's a uh, punter drops a kick or, or the snap 
Those, those happen. In fact, it happened to my college the night before. So I saw it two days in a row. The <laughs> I was, teams I was rooting for. Oh, that's, that's tough. Two days in a row, and I lost both games. Oh, man. That's <laughs> I, had tough. A, I had a terrible weekend as far as oh, football is concerned. But, but that's know, tough. Once again, uh, the, the, the play calling and the game plans, I think, on both sides were good, and, and, and they get, did a good job. Just, once again, did not finish. And I think, you know, even, you know, going back to moral victories real quick, even if you're not one for moral victories, I think if nothing else, like you mentioned, and we mentioned confidence, it sends a message to the rest of the NFL that Kevin Stefanski and company and the Cleveland Browns don't give a damn who they're playing, whether it's week one, week 10, week 17 in the playoffs, they're going to be aggressive because they believe in their coaching, they believe in their plays, they believe in their system, and most importantly, they believe in each other. Right. And I, you know, and I think, and I think uh, going, but in this game specifically, I think it was, it was more important for the Browns to win than the Chiefs to win uh, confidence sure. wise, because, sure. because the Chiefs know that, you know, although they've never lost in September since Patrick Mahomes has been playing, the Chiefs know that they have a team that can get to the Super Bowl. They know the recipe to get there. They won one and then lost one. But the Browns' confidence, it's the, it's the measuring stick. And, and so when they're going out there playing and they're playing that well, it, it's a herder not to win that game. Because the Chiefs are a team sitting over there thinking, all we got to do is, is play our game and it'll come back to us. And, and whereas the Browns, we're, we're playing – to, to, to win the game. And that's what I loved about Kevin Spansky's uh, game plan, that they were playing to win the game. But if we play the Chiefs in the playoffs, they're going to have that same thought. All we got to do is hang around. They're going to mess it up. And so that's why I say it's a confidence thing that we really needed to finish that game and go ahead and win that game because then there's a different confidence with the Chiefs, especially if it comes down to a tiebreaker and they come to Cleveland. You know, they've been... Now they have a tiebreak, and hopefully we don't have to worry about that. But their their mindset going into the round game, if they played them in the playoffs, will be they're going to mess it up, just like they did before. Absolutely. And you mentioned season openers, and you talked about having a bad Sunday and your bad weekend in football. Like I said, Eric, I'm 20 years old, and the last time the Browns won a home op- or a season opener, excuse me, was 04. That puts me at three years old. So I am yet to see a one and no start for the Cleveland Browns in my lifetime. What, but does it really matter? I, it's just the, the Owen, <laughs> it's something about Owen one, just, uh, I, I, it's, it, it's, it's tough. I, 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 Owen one is just, it just haunts me every, every season. I'm like, Oh boy, here we go again. And I know it, it doesn't matter in in the long run of the season, but, I don't know. It's just something about 0-1. I just can't get past it. It just, it, it doesn't wreck a season. It's just it, the 0-1 thought of it is, is frightening. There are teams like the Texans that are 1-0. I know. Like, uh, didn't Jacksonville win? They? They, no, Jacksonville lost. They uh, lost. That's right. They lost. They lost. There they're, they're are they're teams that aren't very good that are 1-0. Are but that, but but it'll spin around because I'd rather be zero and one and then two and one as opposed to one and zero and then one and two. For sure, absolutely. And so, I, uh, so the you know they didn't win the first game last year, eleven and five. Right. 
Right. And again, I like, I like, you know, the, the, the adding, um, adding a game to the season. I think it's different and I, I'm super excited that it is home because I'm a season ticket holder. So it's just another game you get to go to. Um, one last thing before we wrap up, uh, we'll have another show later this week, you know, touching on the Texans and, um, stuff like that. But Eric, I, I know you're going to be at the home opener. You got to be excited, you know, what is it like? I, I, you, I'm sure you've been to the Muni lot since you've been retired, correct? I'm sure you've been there. I've never been to the Muni. Never? I've never, never been. I've never been. I've, I, never, I've never had the opportunity to go. Yeah, that, that's true. You have, you have shows and stuff every, 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 before every game day, correct? Yeah, and so, so the show wow. ends at 12, and so everybody's checking out by then, you know, so I've never been. Th- this year, this year I would be able to go, um, what game is that? Uh, the, the the cardinal game because that's a that's really a, that's a four o'clock game oh yeah that's true that's true not well only, not only is it a four o'clock game but uh we have to do our show at eight o'clock because there's a london game that morning so we have to do it three hours early so i'll have all that time so i can go eric i am personally inviting you to our tailgate the beauty lot is one of the most Fun, crazy, energetic atmospheres you will ever experience. My actually, you know, fun fact real quick before we end the show again. My my dad, you know, lifelong Browns fan is funny. When you know, when I told him we were starting this, we watched and we were, you know, starting the podcast, he would show me highlights, you know, when you return two punts against the Steelers and all this. He actually got a picture with you a while ago. It was pretty funny. He uh he mentioned <laughs> that he was laughing. Um, but funny thing is, you know, again, the immunity lot is awesome and you know, it's it's a lot of fun. So again. If you're not doing anything, you know, I highly recommend going. Like I said, if, if the, my my but my dad and his buddies bought a truck, I mean, I'm sure you've seen videos of all the all the trucks and all the, yeah, the decked sure. out. Sure. My, my 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 dad and his five of his buddies all went five ways on a on a on an old truck. Uh it was it had to have been at least 15, 20 years ago because see they've had sitting tickets for a while. They completely decked it out, put you know, turf on the inside, couches, we bring a deep fryer, you know, grill, all the whole nine yards. So Eric, I I highly recommend, you know, I hope, I hope I see you pop in, you know, it, it's a great time. I'm, I'll try my best. You know, I, I'm looking to do that because, you know, that's one thing I'll say I haven't been able to do. That's crazy. Brown is, is step through there and I just want to go in there and, and, and act a fool. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That, that's all Cleveland. That's all Cleveland Browns fans do in the movie is act a fool. This week, the home opener, uh, I'll make sure I send you videos. It's going to be nuts. I, I'm sure you remember what is it two or three years ago we played the Titans in the home opener of the season. We it was the first year we had Odell, all these expectations, and we got blown out of the water. I the the walk back is always unique because Browns fans are they're one of the most emotional fan bases in the league. And uh again, the walk back. If you win, you're walking back to the Muni lot to get your truck to people still tailgate. They'll be there for three more hours. But if you lose. It's you could. It's like you could almost hear a pin drop in the mini line. Everybody's packing up and everybody's going home. So, it, it's a crazy, unique experience that I can't believe you you haven't been. You 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 absolutely have to take advantage of that Cardinals game. Oh, so when it's all said and done after the game, we don't want to. Let's get the hell out of here. Let's get in our <laughs> no. <out> here <laughs> atmosphere. We want the everybody standing, hanging around atmosphere. Right? I, I, I'm I'm talking like you win and you win a big game or just any game. You walk back, people are firing up those grills. People are pulling out more drinks. It's they're there. They'll be there until the Sunday night football game. Some may actually even stay and watch in their TV in their trucks. It, it's crazy. My um, people. <laughs> Mike, yeah, exactly. The, the Browns nation is one. It is just absolutely amazing. It's great to be a part of, but 
That is going to wrap up the first episode of the new Dog Check Podcast with Eric alongside myself. Eric, I had a tough week one game, and I, I again, week two against the Texans is going to be a tough game. They got some players on their squad, you know, a handful of guys here and there that can make a difference, but we should come out on top. Like I said, guys, we will have another episode coming later this week previewing that game. But, Eric, any last thoughts about this game or going on to the next? Finish and keep getting better. That's all we can do. That's all we can do, and, and, it'll, and it'll be good. Everybody will be happy in the end. Absolutely. And like I said, guys, thank you so much for the support. You know, we're super excited to keep this thing rolling. That'll be it for Eric and I. We will see you guys next time. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.